Hello, I'm Chris and this is CB Music Club. Evening chaps, let me introduce you. We've got Will. Hello. We've got Al. Hiya. And we've got Nick. Hello. And we've got Chris. Hello. I knew that already. Thanks, though. So, um, yes, here we are again. Our little special mini episodes, CB Singles Club, where we've taken a look at all the singles that were released this week. This week being the week starting 15th of February, 2021. Uh, and we've picked one each at random. And we're going to um, have a listen and see what we think. So, I think we'll start with... Al, what's your choice for this week, Al? I've gone for a song called When a Love's Not Around by Leighton Kramer. Let's listen. Let's do that. Leighton Kramer. Yeah, Leighton Kramer, he is a Canadian singer-songwriter from Alberta, I think. His music has been described as experimental folk with a touch of alternative psychedelic influence. He said about this song, it's an ode to friends and appreciation for having people to lean on and help you out when you're feeling down. Paired with fun guitars, lush background vocals and bendy pedal steel, it's supposed to feel like a warm, fuzzy hug. And I think it does, quite honestly. I really like this. I think it's lovely. Love the sentiment of it. Yeah. That it doesn't matter if you don't have a love in your life, that you've got your friends and they'll be there for you. And I think, uh, considering it was released on Valentine's Day, I think it's a lovely sentiment for the song. I went for this because looking at the cover and the name of the song, so on, I thought it was going to be a sort of twee pop, maybe in a sort of Bell and Sebastian mould, which it's clearly not. Although it's not a million miles away from that. It's more sort of old country I suppose but it's got a very sort of 60s vibe to it I really like it I mean I love the, the lead guitar at the start with the tremolo on it it's just like fantastic it's just a warm lovely a warm fuzzy hug is what it is the only thing I, I don't really like is that middle eight where the, the drums get panned to one side and the bass drops out I think that's unnecessary attempt to create interest I mean so what it, the song doesn't need it but it's still a fab song there's a nice touch in the video at the end as well, where it has all the credits of all the people who've worked on it scroll across the screen. I saw that, loved it. It's really in keeping with the whole feel of the song. I just thought it's really good. So a huge thumbs up for this for me. I think it's, it's a great song. I really did like it in the same manner. It had a little bit of uh, Mama and Papa's in there, which will always go down well with me. I love the backing vocals. I don't think there's enough work gone into backing vocals in these modern times, but they were really lovely. I agree. Yeah. I love big harmonies. Yeah. Even though modern pop music is all singing, it's... There's not enough harmony. Yeah. yeah well, it's not, it's not enough harmony. It's that sort of different people contributing to the harmonies as well, rather than it just being the singer harmonising in themselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're yeah. right, Will. That's yeah. it's a nice thing. And I thought it was a, a steel slide guitar at the end, but that was a really nice little Easter egg at the end, little present. I like that. No, good. Nick, what did you think? I loved it as well, actually. I knew you'd like this one. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I looked at the list and that was the image, the cover I homed in on as well. And then Al picked it. And ah. I have to go and find something else. That wise old fox. 
A wise old fox, mm. yeah. I was expecting the same thing that Al expected. I was expecting twee indie pop. And, again, it's not that. It's twee Canadian pop. Yeah. Oh, I guess, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But it was great. There's the whole colourful video. Yeah, and, it's nice. And, and when the credits rolled at the end, I've never seen that before, and I thought, that's absolutely brilliant, totally in keeping, lovely touch. Mm-hmm. Really nice, yeah. I'd have to agree, I think, with all of you. The warm hug comparison does it very well. It's a joyous little song. The only thing I didn't quite like was his voice. It sounded like he had a thick cold when he was singing. <laughs> he almost sounded like Harry Hill, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> Musically, it all, it all did come together in that kind of... It just hit that kind of sonic sweet spot where there's some deep kind of comforting audio buzz that comes off of it. So, uh, yeah, I liked that a lot. like that a lot. Good choice. Do you know, amazing coincidence, I, I was watching uh, Harry Hill's TV Burp Gold just before we started tonight. Oh. Spooky. That, that is, is spooky. Yeah. But there is nothing else on telly, is there? So it's not that surprising. It's watching it on YouTube, even. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what my life's come to. Yeah. We're off to a strong start, then. Next one on my list, I've got Nick's choice, I think, if you want to uh, tee that one up for us, Nick. After Al stole my first choice, I thought, well, I'm going to search for something else twee and indie looking on the list. And I came up with Birdie with a song called Loneliness. The picture of the single has picture of this girl lying on a sofa looking like she's hanging out in a sort of Carol King tapestry kind of way in uh, some room with lots of interesting windows. And I thought that's looking pretty twee and indie. Very so, fitting as this week is the 50th anniversary of Tapestry's release as well. Absolutely. So birdie and loneliness. Something in the about Birdie, Nick? Birdie is an English singer, songwriter and musician. She's from Hampshire and I think she won a talent contest when she was 12 in 2008 and subsequently did a record where she covered a Bon Iver song uh, and got picked up and has had a huge amount of success, uh, including being nominated for... Best British Female Solo Artist for the Brits in 2014. She's had overall over a billion streams on Spotify. This girl is big time, actually. This is from her fourth album. I've never even heard of her. I think what this actually... (laughs) Certainly under my radar. What this actually shows me is that I am so far out of touch... (laughs) That I can look at a list of new singles and not recognise somebody that has been streamed over a billion times. And it's just remarkable. You're not alone there, because I don't think any of us... Had any any of us heard of Birdie? I'd heard of Birdie, yeah. I'm not sure where from. I'm sure I've heard some stuff before. What's interesting, I think, as I've read through a couple of online... a Wikipedia page and something else online... 
I'm picking up that she has covered, has worked with a lot of well-known artists. She's covered some very famous artist songs. I think I read somewhere, doesn't say in her Wikipedia page, but somewhere that she's been nominated for Grammys as well as other awards. And so clearly has been collaborating with lots of interesting people. Apparently she writes songs, she plays all sorts of stuff. So she's clearly a talented girl in her early 20s. Good. What did you think of it then? (laughs) Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And when I was thinking back to listening to Rumours, which we'd all done, and sort of there was a slight Rumours vibe for me. I quite liked it, I think. It didn't excite me, but, yeah, I quite liked it. Will, what did you reckon? There's a little bit of Four Tops in there for me. Really? Yeah. Um, Right at the beginning, there's a couple of arpeggio note sequence that is a little bit out of uh, Still Waters Run Deep. Yeah, it was a bit of a nothingy song, but it was exceptionally well done. But the one thing I really didn't like about it, and this is me being a a kind of grumpy old man, was the treatment, which I think was reverb on the snare. It really annoyed me. But yeah, decent enough song. Al, what you got? When I listened to this earlier, the note I, that I started with was saying, I'm not sure who this is aimed at. Nick has nailed it for me, because I was thinking it sounds like sort of 70s bands, stuff that they've done in the 80s. And yes, it sounds like the sort of thing that Fleetwood Mac would have put out in the middle of the 80s. And I think that that's who it's aimed at. Is the, the kids got quite into Fleetwood Mac, didn't they? And I can't see where else this is coming from, because it's just, it's really bland. The chorus has got way too many words in it. It's got a really weak melody, and... I, I just, it's not a very good pop song. It's not terrible, it's not offensive, but actually its inoffensiveness is perhaps its biggest crime. It's it's almost <laughs> not noticeable. I don't like her mannered sort of vocal delivery either. I uh, found that a bit off-putting, but I don't see how someone who's 24 years old can be making music that's this middle-aged. It was very, very, very conventional, wasn't it? Mm. It was very, very forgettable. And I've kind of, I think I've probably listened to it three times now in the last hour and I, I can't remember it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just, I don't know. It's the sort of song that makes Dido sound interesting. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. That's going to hurt. Well, Dido's a better singer um, and has stronger melodies. Well, And yeah. worse songs, but you still remember them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Un- unmemorable, I think, is the best I could, I could say for it. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Could, could any of you sing it back to me at the moment? No. No, that's it. Sorry, I wasn't a fan. I mean, good luck for her. Clearly, yeah. many millions of people would disagree, but yeah. Birdie's not one for me, I'm afraid. She's doing great, and we're not we're not going to derail her career. So No, yeah. absolutely good not. Good luck to her. But she's doing that well that I'm going to look at, check her website out just in case there's some decent merchandise. There must merchandise, be, surely. Yeah. <laughs> it's very po-faced as well. I think she. I get the impression she's quite a serious person or takes her... <laughs> Takes her songwriting very, very, very seriously. I find the kids these days are very serious people, Chris. It's like we, we're a generation who never grew up, and they've grown up too early. Maybe that's it. She's yeah. a serious singer for these serious yeah. times. We're not serious enough. That's the problem. It's Loneliness fault. is a serious issue. There's that too, yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, she's got a billion listeners, so she's not lonely, is she? Maybe, maybe that makes her feel more lonely, knowing there's a billion people out there listening. But she can't speak to them except through her songs. So lonely. 
That could be quite terrifying knowing that there are a billion people listening to you. Or well, there's one person who's listened a billion times. That'd be even more terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just outside your front door. <laughs> so you don't have to feel lonely. Anyway, thank you, Birdie. Uh, so, Will, you've happened upon a little-known band that you'd never previously come across. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this um, new discovery yeah, of yours? Yeah, sorry, I, I wrote it down um, so that I say it properly. The Fratellis, and I think they come out of Glasgow? Anyway, I kind of thought, well, who are these jokers? i give them a listen to, which is what I did. And now the truth is I had heard the name, but to be honest, I couldn't remember any of the work that they ever done. So I kind of thought, well, yeah, they're new to me right here, right now. The new song they pulled out, Need a Little Love. See what you think. See what you hear. Bring it on. Here we go. So what have you found out about the Fratellis, Will? Not too much. I looked at the T-shirt that's been produced for the release of their album, and I like that. I might buy that. Good bit of merchandise in there. Always about the merchandise. Are you aware of a tune called Chelsea Dagger? Mm, I might, but nothing comes to me at this moment in time. Who are these jokers? You sing it to us, Chris. <laughs> it goes on like that for about three minutes. Oh, that's Chelsea, Chelsea, that's their. That was their big hit, I think. And when was that big hit out? Two thousand five-ish. So have they not been doing much for a long time? Is this coming back into the biz, or have they been putting stuff out regularly? I don't think they've ever been away, but I just don't think they've ever really hit the heights of those that early couple of tunes that they had. It did very well among sort of football fans, didn't it, that tune? Isn't it a coming onto the pitch tune for probably Chelsea, I suppose, isn't it? Was that not named for the singer's wife? Was she not a burlesque performer called Chelsea Dagger? No idea. I think that might be the story. I like that story better than Chelsea. I honestly didn't know that much about them, but I think I probably do remember that song now. Anyway, I wouldn't have recognised... It, it, had I heard that song without knowing it was the Fratellis, I wouldn't have linked that with the band that made Chelsea Dagger. No. I think it's clear that the um, the band had a bit of fun with it. There's a little bit of Four Seasons in there, maybe in the bass playing. I kind of enjoyed it. If I have my grumpy old man voice on, which I seem to have on tonight, again, the way the sound had been treated on the strings made it too sugary and too horribly. They should have stripped that back a bit made it slightly aurora. So, yeah, the strings ruined it a little bit for me. But generally, I kind of liked it. It seemed like the sort of thing you'd like, if you ask me. You know, it's got that kind of soul vibe. It's obviously, yes. you know, it's borrowing yeah. from soul music of the 60s, and that's the sort of thing that I Definitely. think that, yeah. if done well, Will would like it, because that's his cup of tea, isn't it? That sort of soul music. Yeah. The sweet soul music. Definitely would yeah. drink it all day. Tell you, the first thing I thought watching the video was, oh, that's Edinburgh, because it starts with a shot of the bottom end of Buccleuch Street. It's uh, Leith Theatre, isn't it? 
Yeah, looking lovely, if I may say. What did you think of the tune, Al? Well, I thought it was all right. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with Will on it. It's It's got a nice sort of soul music feel to it. Actually, the, the song it reminded me of was uh, You To Me Are Everything, The Real Thing. It's got that kind of feel to it in the chorus. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. it's not as good as that, nice. obviously. Well uh, spotted. It's not a patch on that, but... You know, it's it's a nice song with a nice sentiment. Um, I, I didn't really like the brass in it. I thought it sounded a bit cheap, to be quite honest. Yeah, it was all right. I won't be rushing out to buy it. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't turn it off if I heard it, you know. Yeah, I found it kind of catchy in an irritating way. Felt a bit like a Eurovision Song Contest entry in that kind of, you know, kind of instant there in your face, but also just a bit irritating. Yeah, but, um, I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I found it very surprising that this is what the Fratellis have turned into because they were kind of... I mean, I was never a great fan of them, but my memory of them from 15 years ago is they were a sort of spiky, noisy, punky, kind of brawling sort of band. And then to find that they've had all the kind of rough edges polished off them and they're just churning out fairly anodyne soul tunes is, is um, quite surprising. Didn't expect this to be where they'd be at this point. Yeah, I hadn't followed their career beyond those first singles and uh, yeah. the first album, and so it was didn't realise they were still going. They've sort of turned into wet, wet, wet a bit, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I kind of liked it for the same reasons that Alan Will have said. It was, you know, bouncy enough tune, and it did remind me of You To Me Or Everything. I can't help liking a band that has a drummer called Mince. <laughs> As well, so. yes, yes, yes. M I N C E or M I N T S? The first. Uh, yeah, I like yeah, that too. It's good. Yeah. Min- so I also like, but... I I want to support Scottish pop as well. You know, I want it to be good because I like Scottish pop and I want the Scottish pop bands to do well. Right, moving on. My random choice of the week is a chap called Yoke Law and his song Safety Undressed. It goes a little bit like this. So Yoke Law, Yoke Law's from Brooklyn, otherwise known as Adrian Galvin. Been in a few bands before, Yellowkin, Walk the Moon. Just under three million monthly listeners on Spotify and his biggest track has oh, 73 million hits. So someone's listening to him. It's growing on me. I've listened to it a few times now. Kind of like the way it builds towards the end. I find his voice a little bit annoying. It's a little bit bland i think it doesn't really you know there's bits of sort of bonnie Vare in there maybe but it just doesn't really hit home hard enough for me i don't think yeah a bit whiny i thought his voice was now who is a grumpy old man <laughs> i've never denied being a grumpy old man <laughs> what did you think al largely what you thought i hated it when i stuck it on i didn't hate it it's like three minutes in the first minute i just i thought i hate this can't stand the guy's voice it's really bland but then you know in the middle it's like yeah mm. not so bad and, and like that last minute it's actually quite good as you say it builds very pleasingly to to a nice sort of conclusion it's not epic but you know it, it, it does quite a good job it reminds me somewhat of disarm by the smashing pumpkins without nearly so much drama but just there's just the acoustic guitar is you know the same sort of you know, the way it drives it along, it's quite similar. Mm-hmm. It's not that good, though. 
Again, didn't like his voice, didn't like his singing voice. And that's a, a uh-oh, uh-oh thing. You know, that just that, yeah. such uh, a modern pop music cliche. Really it's just horrible. I find it really off-putting. It was okay, right? <laughs> Will? Uh, ask Nick first. Nick? I, I liked it. You know, it didn't thrill me, but I, I did like, as you say, the way it built. It actually reminded me very much of an album from a couple of years ago that I really liked by a New Zealand artist called Paul Williams. The sound was not dissimilar to that, including the vocal stylings. So maybe I'd kind of got used to it from from that, which I was a bit unsure about on that album, but just generally the quality of that record had kind of won me over. So when I heard this, it did remind me, and I, the, the same thing kind of appealed. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually, I'm on side with that. Will, are you ready for us yet? I really liked it. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a fool for those little sort of chromatic progressions that people put into songs that kind of tie it together. Oh, I liked it. Jolly good. Well, that was Yoke Law. Yeah. So we've, we've rattled through our four quite quickly we have. tonight, haven't we? And I think we'll go with our suggested in a shameless effort to try and boost our listenership. <laughs> we've lobbed in a release from... Somebody famous. A more better-known artist. So this week we've gone with Taylor Swift's release of the week. We should, which we should is... alert everybody that we're going to play Taylor Swift every week. Yeah, every week. <laughs> we're going to discuss yeah. Taylor Swift every week. This is what we call Taylor Swift Corner. So this is her... I'm, I'm not familiar with Taylor Swift's back catalogue, but I understand that she's re-recorded her first number one album. And this is a, her new version of Love Story, which, as far as I can tell, sounds exactly the same as the original version of Love Story. I haven't listened to them both today, but we'll talk about why she's done it afterwards. But this is Love Story by Taylor Swift, Taylor's version. Taylor's version. So she's done that to reclaim rights to her back catalogue, one song at a time, after it's been um, stolen from her. Stolen from her. I wasn't aware of Love Story the first time around. I don't think I could name any Taylor Swift songs. I used to be like that. Um, <laughs> used but, to. Um, clearly she's very talented and yeah, fully deserving control of her own back catalogue, certainly. So good luck to her for um, for doing this. I think the way that she's been treated over her song rights is absolutely appalling, and I'm very much on her side over this. I think that if an artist is able to, can afford to buy the rights to the songs, they should have a legal right to do so. And I, I like her reaction of going out and recording the stuff again so that, you know, just go and buy it. It sounds like the original. Yeah. Go and buy it. Uh, I'm very much on her side over this. I quite like the song. Like you, Chris, I, I used to think that I didn't know any Taylor Swift songs. I then had to learn to play Shake It Off to play in the wedding band. Which is a great song. Awesome it's a pretty enough. catchy song, actually, yeah. It was nice. My, my guitar in it sounded amazing, as you could probably imagine, perhaps disbelieve <laughs> one of those. Um, 
But I can yeah, imagine it's, it's, that. How, that's exactly how you described it. Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's quite a good song as well. And it turned out, you know, I knew this song. I just didn't know it was Taylor Swift. And I've heard other songs of hers since. That like, oh uh-huh. yeah, I know that song. I didn't know that was Taylor Swift. Well, I liked it. I was sort of, and I, I do that a lot with Taylor Swift songs. I was air drumming away. And in fact, if Taylor Swift came round here asking if you know I'd go out with her, I'd say I can't do that, but. Since Dave Grohlner didn't get back to me, I'll drum for you, Taylor, if you want it. That was that song was what released today. It's had fourteen and a half million streams on Spotify already. Wow, she's a very popular woman. I, I quite like her. She seems all right. Yeah, I'm glad she's out there. I'm glad she's fighting the power about the you know the song rights. It does take someone famous to do it to sort of bring that sort of thing to people's attention to how how badly songwriters and performers are actually treated by the industry. And the fact that it's one of the the very biggest in the entire industry who's having this trouble gives me a, a very, very slight hope that it might change. I mean, it probably won't, but at least she's trying. Let's wrap this up. Track of the week. What's your favourite? My track of the week. My going, I'm going to go for, just to annoy Al, I'm going for Yoke Lower. I chose the song at random. It's not like uh, I chose it because I thought you'd like it. <laughs> Go on now. What was yours? Oh, mine's definitely Leighton Kramer. When a love's not around, I think it's a fab song. I think the rest of it, everything else is all right, but this is genuinely good. I'm going to go and uh, listen to his album. Will? Yeah, I, th- I think for me, Leighton Kramer just just edges it. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go for Leighton Kramer as well. It had that warmth, which I thought Yoke Law was, was lacking. So you can find all our playlists on Spotify and on YouTube, along with our podcast. So uh, give them a listen. Subscribe and like. And we'll see you next time for CB Music Club. Till then, cheerio. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.